0: Welcome everybody to the Final Lap podcast. I'm your host Andrew Pearson, and alongside me is the man desperately trying not to emulate Dean Glass, Sean Gray.
1: Good evening, Andrew. It's a pleasure to join you tonight.
0: Oh, I love it. Every week you get that little bit, little bit less like Dean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, only, I've been trying every day, every day since I met him
0: to, to follow that path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10 episodes in and I think you're getting the hang of it now.
1: Thank God. Uh, it's because we haven't done the the other show for a while, so I haven't heard, heard that voice does, in, th- in, a, in a good few months. <laughs> does,
0: that I make does that make us the premier podcast on uh, Talk Wrestling Online?
1: Well, I'm not sure. There was rumours of a, of a wrestling one coming out of its hiatus. But I don't know if they did or not. Dean texted me last week to say they were, and then I never heard anything more. So,
0: well, who blessed. knows?
1: Who knows?
0: Well, shout out to everybody at the, the Talk Wrestling Online Community Podcast. We we hope to hear you guys soon and uh, and join in and as our sister yeah. broadcast. I I think they can be our sister broadcast.
1: Just Talk Wrestling Online in general. I, I know there's guys in that F1 forum that post Big Matt and BRM and such.
0: Get on the show. Yeah, come on, guys. We want to. We want to hear from you. In... We know you're there. We know you're there. Anyway, <laughs> absolutely. So <clears throat> our rambling introduction takes us into. Um, it's a bit of a nothing show at the moment, um, mostly on the fact that obviously Mister Sebastian has wrapped up the title in short order, and uh, we're heading into the final two races of the season with not very much to play for, realistically. Um, but next thankfully, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, thankfully, the the F one gods have been kind to us and decided that this week was the the week that absolutely everything was going to go off in the world of F one. So uh, I think we we probably need to start with what kind of started the snowball effect, really, and that was um, Felipe Massa joining Williams.
1: Yep, and I didn't see it coming. I must admit, I didn't. I thought he would stay in F one. Well, I, I hoped he would stay in F one, but I didn't think it'd be Williams. But uh, I'm very pleased. Not I'm very pleased on two accounts. One because I'm so happy for Felipe that he's gotten a drive next year because I think he deserves it. And two because I've been saying for a while that Williams should sign a an experienced driver, so that's exactly what Felipe provides. Um I, I think this is almost a a good fit for everybody concerned. It's a good fit for Williams, it's a good fit for Felipe where he's finally gonna to get to be the number one. This is this is uh yeah, this is good news for for both both camps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I completely agree on that one. Um, it was, I think we actually predicted this. I'm I've have yet to go back and listen to the. I'm sure it's in one of the first two or three episodes where we started talking about all the driver lineups when there was the the first rumors that Felipe wasn't really going to be uh, held on to. and I'm sure at one point we suggested that. Um, Williams might have been a fit um, because of how poorly Maldonado was doing. And I think, sure, we, we mentioned it. We probably pooed it at exactly the same time and said, no, he's going to Lotus, <clears throat> which has pretty much been our stock answer to every single driver lineup question. Yeah, yeah, he's going to Lotus. That's definitely, okay. definitely. Holcomb to Lotus, Maldonado to Lotus, <laughs> Felipe Massa to Lotus. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no. Lotus, none of them, but Hakan. <laughs> <over land. laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm um, sure we'll come to that later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Felipe so Massa, I, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm glad for F1 that somebody has gone out there and gone. We buy a, you know, we're hiring a driver for their talent, not because they come with so much money that it props up our budget for the next could, year.
1: Could not agree more. Williams could so, so easily have taken in up to 10 drivers that are out there with big bank balances that could they could sit in that seat. And they'd plod along, and they'd do exactly the same as this season, and they'd be financially stable, and they did an IPO recently, so I'm sure their shareholders would probably be happy. But at the end of the day, they're not going to win any Grand Prix, so they probably aren't going to get any podiums. And they're going to be complete also-rans if they did that. So I'm so glad that they've at least said, OK, well, we might as well roll the dice, bring an experienced guy like Massa, and let's see if he can drag us up the field a bit. Absolutely, I uh, think it's it's good for F1.
0: But if you, uh, I mean, thinking back, you know, obviously they had our other sort of famously uh, long, I was going to say long-lived, and that's not really what I mean, but uh, another storied, a Brazilian with a storied career in F1, they said they had Rubens Barrichello in the car. And yes. they, that seemed to work really well for them because
1: they haven't, they haven't replaced Rubens pretty much ever since he left the Black that experience.
0: And I, and I think when he was in the team, he really helped them build the car that gave Maldonado the win. And then they got rid of him. Um, they were left with a car that Rubens had helped build. Maldonado couldn't help build build on it, and um, obviously Bottas probably couldn't either. Uh, and the the, the, the cars come down you.
1: Who was the teammate to Maldonado last year? I've completely forgotten.
0: Um, <laughs> so, it wasn't Bottas, was it? No, it wasn't. Hang on a minute. Google. No. Uh, Google.
1: Genuinely, honestly, I have complete mind blank. Could not for the life of me tell you who it was.
0: Williams team.
1: Yeah, while you do that, I'll have her on some more. Yeah, I'm so so pleased for Felipe because he's one of the nice guys in F1 and he deserved another chance after playing second fiddle at Ferrari for so long. He deserves a chance to lead the team. And with Bottas, they, they clearly rate Bottas really highly. So hopefully, I'm a big fan of the experienced guy leading the team and then the young wonder kids coming through, why up. And that's what they've gone for. They've put in a swap, what looks to be a really solid engine in the car next year with the Mercedes engine. I'm, I really, really hope Williams can get it together. They, they're doing the right things. They're putting the right people in the right places. They've just signed... Uh, Pat Simmons, as well. Yes. Who's won world titles multiple times. So the, the signs are good for Williams. Saying all that, they'll probably come and design another banger <laughs> of a car next year. But we'll wait and see. But certainly, in my opinion, the signs are good and they're on the up. They cannot do any worse than having Maldonado as their lead driver. So signs are on the up. Uh,
0: 20, 2012 uh, driver on was Pasta Maldonado uh, and poor old Bruno Senna.
1: Oh, was it Bruno? Fuck. <laughs> I've forgotten about Bruno. Did he have a whole season at Williams?
0: He did have a whole season at Williams. He must have done nothing of note
1: because I can't remember it. At
0: all. Well, I think the problem was is that Maldonado got that win um, and that rather eclipsed anything Bruno did. I don't think in, in most of the other races Bruno was that far behind Maldonado most of the time, but <clears throat> because he got that one win, everybody hailed him as the second coming and I think Williams then went, oh well, see you later, Bruno. Um, we'll we'll get Valtteri Bottas and I mean it's not not like Valtteri Bottas has been anything like a disappointment or anything like because he's been pretty spectacular, better than Maldonado certainly this season. But um, yeah, poor old Bruno Senna. I'd really like to see him get another drive. I thought I thought he's been he was hard done by most of the teams he drove for.
1: Yeah, good good signs from Williams. I uh, I, I hope dearly that they can be regular point sco- point scorers next season. that would be definitely good for F1 fans. Certainly, in a world where F1 is kind of changing from from what it used to be in the '80s and the '90s, it'd be it'd be lovely to see Williams uh, up up their up their game a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, staying on Williams and Pastor Maldonado, he came out in the press uh, recently after the announcement that he wasn't going to be racing for the team next year. Obviously. Um, and said that he's been trying to get away from Williams since the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, he'd made up his mind that he wasn't going to be at Williams next season. He
1: seems to have this idea in his head that he's somehow <laughs> bigger and better than Williams, whereas it's the other way about in my opinion. <laughs> and Williams needed to be getting rid of Maldonado. They were a bigger a better team than what Maldonado could offer them. And Maldonado seems to have almost got this, this idea into his head that he's somehow going to be in a top team, and Unless Lotus lose their marbles and take them on, I can't see them in a drive next year. <laughs> no, uh, all uh, drivers that are kicking about sort of in the free agent slash not uh, got an ironclad contract next season. You're talking Hulkenberg, Perez, De uh Sutil. Sutil, Heike Kovalainen. Of all of those guys, fucking Maldonado's was the worst, and by a, by a considerable distance. Well, what um, Pastor,
0: sorry, carry on. What Pastor Maldonado needs to remember is that even Olivier Panis won a Grand Prix. It doesn't no. make you a well, you know, a potential world champion just because you happen to have made it first in one Grand Prix. Absolutely. Oh, um, no. uh, so yeah, very strange statement saying that he'd he'd completely decided that Williams was was of no interest to him. Um, he'd done all that he could, but he didn't feel that the team had given him. Uh, anything like um, what he deserved back, um, and so Why
1: yeah. Here? We... Why here he isn't very good at developing the car, so hopefully that's exactly what Felipe can bring to them, and that's exactly what Williams need.
0: Well, you would you would suggest that results bear that out, don't they? One season with uh, two rookies in the car, and then next season the car is a pile of spanners. Um. Would kinda of suggest that they don't have somebody in there that can direct the engineers from inside the cockpit.
1: Yep, absolutely. And and I, I and that has been getting a lot of stick for a lot of time and I never really got on that bandwagon. I always thought, oh, okay, he's not that bad. But just I don't know. I don't know whether it's a personality thing now with him coming out and saying that he wanted to leave Williams. I've just got I've just I really hope he doesn't get a drive now. Whereas before, I was kind of just like, ah, if Maldonado drives for a lower end team, that doesn't really affect my life in any way. But now I actively want him to not get a drive.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: he's, he's, pissed me, he's pissed me off a little bit, I must admit. And especially with Checo getting the boot from McLaren, which we'll cover. Well,
0: that was that's
1: kind of. <laughs> Sorry, carry on.
0: Well, I was just going to say that it kind of leads on quite nicely to that. Because you've got Maldonado saying, I don't want to drive for the team that I'm racing for. So confident am I that I will get another seat. And then you you have poor Sergio Perez, who, okay, so, you know, he's he's been fairly comprehensively outscored by Jensen this season, but you'd have probably assumed that from the start unless he happened to have a, you know, a particularly great season. Um, and he's been given one, one season. He's not said anything bad about the team. He's not bad-mouthed them. He's not really complained about the car, even though clearly... Even McLaren have admitted that the car was a you know, a pile of crap. Um, and he, yet yeah, he's the guy who seems to have ended up without any chance of getting a drive next season because he probably wasn't even looking for a drive next season.
1: That's, uh, that's the biggest issue with this, and poor Perez. Everybody who knows they're a bit unhealthy next in the coming season, will have had their agent on the on the lookout since Silverstone, Belgium, Monta, saying, oh, I might lose my drive or I might be looking for a move. Go find me what's available. Perez has probably been plugging along, thinking, "Oh, I've not. I've been okay. I probably they'll, they'll stick for me. I've not done that bad." And now at the crunch time, they've kind of went, "Oh, actually, we don't want you, Sergio." And it's I just I've got this image in my head, just like left outside, <laughs> while everybody else is partying inside, and poor Perez hasn't even got a chance to to look for a drive. I I think he's been uh, really har- harshly. I would, I would have given him another season. Uh, he hasn't done great. You're right. He's been outscored by Jensen by almost two to one. But the car's been a bag of crap, like as you as you said. And there's not. I mean, Jensen's a former world champion. He's been in the sport for 15 years almost. But I feel that Perez definitely has shown enough to warrant one more season.
0: I would. Again, leading on from Perez going out, we had a a few days hiatus in between times where we speculated about who might get the drive. But again, as it it was quickly announced, um, the guy that everybody has been saying for the last two weeks was going to get the drive, got the drive. And that was Kevin Magnussen, um, the McLaren young driver, uh, Danish just romped to a Renault 3.5 championship title winning season, 70 points ahead of the, uh, his nearest rival. I was wondering, do we think that perhaps the reason that Checo's gone now is McLaren's inability to get Magnussen a drive anywhere else on the grid now?
1: I think I think that is 100% what's happened. I think if McLaren had their own way, Magnussen would be in... A smaller team. He would have been I- in a there or a Sauber or a Caterham or whatever, you know. I absolutely think that that was their plan A. It didn't come off. And now they've went, oh, well, fuck. Magnussen's that good that we can't not have him in a drive. But we kind of wanted to keep Perez. Oh, fuck, what should we do? 50-50, let's flip a coin. Oh, fuck, Perez, you're gone. Let's go with Magnussen, you know. that. That seems to me exactly what's happened.
0: Plus, the other rumour that won't go away is that 2015... 2015- Fernando Alonso is back at McLaren. Um, that keeps, keeps coming, and I find it strange that... It's never gone away, has it? I, I find it
1: strange that, A, that would be a possibility to begin with, and, B, it's such a long way ahead. I find it silly to... that. I don't think the drivers would be thinking that. that far. What if Ferrari come out next season? There's an absolutely 2004... Ferrari and Fernando wants the title
0: and then he, he, why would he want to leave you know? Well I, I, I presume he's probably not signed anything yet but that you know maybe that it's all you know well tell you what Fernando if 2014 turns out to be a total bust again um, how about coming back and seeing what you can do at McLaren and we'll you know by then you'll be number one in the you know we can guarantee you number one in the team this time uh, it's just so long as Magnussen doesn't do a Lewis and it turns out to be fucking amazing.
1: That would be amazing if Fernando went to McLaren. As much as I love Fernando, it'd be funny as fuck is if he turned up and then Magnussen did a Lewis turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Fernando would just announce his retirement instantly.
0: It's just like, I fucking knew I shouldn't have come back, god damn it. <laughs>
1: she'd, never, she'd never have left out in the first time, I don't think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe. I <laughs> might be right. Um, yeah, so... just what I was saying about
1: Maldonado and Perez and all of the d- different drivers that are on the market at the moment. I like nice guys. I like guys like Massa, DeResta, Perez. These guys that are, you know, they, they come across as just humble, nice human beings in their interviews. And Maldonado just seems like a bit of a dick. So, of all the guys chasing a drive, I hope he, he does not get one. I hope Perez does. And I hope Hulkenberg does. And I haven't really talked about Hulkenberg yet, but he still, for a guy with such talent, still doesn't have a seat for next year. I so, don't know what the hold up at Lotus, but it's really starting to annoy me.
0: Well, I think we need to. what we need to do is have a bit of a, a chronological rundown of everything that's happened at Lotus in the last week because it, it's been a complete circus. So when we left um, the podcast in episode nine, um, we, we were debating whether Kimi Räikkönen would do the last two races, and we both kind of said, yeah, he should do sure. them if he's able to do them because, you know, that's in a contract, blah, blah, blah. And then literally a day later, he's having back surgery and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, so that's let, let's talk about that first then. So who benefits most from that? Ferrari, Kimi or Lotus?
1: Hmm, who benefits most? I think Kimi probably benefits most. I mean, he gets his back healed. He turns up to Ferrari 100% fit. He doesn't have to work with a team that he clearly had no relationship with. Uh, and he'll probably still, <laughs> I say this with a massive pinch of salt, get his money. <laughs> so, Kimi, Kimi comes out probably the best. Ferrari can't complain and I think Lotus are probably the worst, because they're going to have to put a guy in the car who isn't as good a driver as Kimi Raikkonen.
0: So. See, my, my thoughts on this were really that... why My initial thought was, well, why would Lotus do that? You know, however fractious the relationship is, surely they want Raikkonen in, in their car, trying to score the maximum points but, in the next few races. I can
1: say, if, if Raikkonen... You know, has a doctor there saying this guy isn't medically cleared to wrestle. I was going to say wrestle there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Iceman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this guy, turns
1: up with Paul Heyman at his side. So this, <laughs> this guy isn't medically cleared. There's not much Lotus can do, you
0: know. Well, see, we, we don't really know whether that was the case. But I was thinking about it more, and I think this actually benefits Lotus in a really big way. Uh, and because what it does is it gets the monkey of not having paid Kimmy off of their back right now. They're not going to be asked every five minutes in the pit lane by Lee McKenzie and Natalie Pinkham and Ted Kravitz and Anthony Davidson and Martin Brundle and DC and Eddie Jordan and everybody from the world's meter going, so have you paid Kimmy yet? Because that'll be the first question they get asked every time. So that's gone. You know, Kimmy's not going to race for them it doesn't really become an issue the talking point becomes about who do they get in the car um and they chose little hikey pikey hikey cover yep. and getting the the drive for the last two races of the season
1: i I do agree with you on the PR thing about about Raikkonen's pay it probably has benefited them in in a way i think i don't know whether whether this was a PR stunt or not but i feel like in between Raikkonen's uh, injury and hike ending up in the sea, there was a little phone call to uh, Mr. M. Schumacher that uh, appears to have apparently so. on. I don't know what was going on there, but I well, I guess Michael, Michael has turned down the opportunity for a two a two race stint in the Lotus. So what will be is about I don't know, third comeback.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess obviously the point about that is that um is probably the last decent driver who's not in a seat you know from from last season Um, the best driver who's not got a seat the interesting thing is why is Hulkenberg not gone and uh, Hulkenberg's come out in the press and said Lotus certainly did come and talk to me about it but I wasn't willing to leave Sauber when my future isn't decided he said that if he was definitely going to Lotus next season he'd have gone He'd have gone and yep. done the next two races because it would have made the most sense. But since he hasn't, he's he wants to keep on racing for Sauber and do his best for them. Which makes me think that all of this stuff where we all think that Hulkenberg is that close to signing for Lotus actually is very definitely and not very close to signing for Lotus.
1: I am inclined to somewhat agree with that. Your theory is definitely sound. Uh, I just, it just filled me with a little bit of panic and dread there. as I thought, well, if it isn't Hulkenberg... Fuck is it, Maldonado?
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean that is that, that's the that's the leap of logic, really, isn't it? Is that
1: definitely onto something there? See, I, mean, other... I, think I think Hulkenberg's own logic is sound in that you know, if he hasn't signed for definite for Lotus, he probably shouldn't strain his relationship with Sauber because he needs them. He might need them next season.
0: Well, you don't piss in your own cornflakes, do you? Really, that's yeah.
1: the. So Hulkenberg, I don't think can be blamed for that.
0: No, no, absolutely. No, absolutely not. It's a very sensible decision. Um, uh, something that... Um, and I want to give out a, a little shout-out to um, a, a Twitter user for for making this this little comment um, about how this all might have gone down. Um, and uh, that was... Uh, sorry, um... At F1 official fans, um, so shout out to those guys. They're doing a very nice job on Twitter, firing out all the latest news when it's uh, coming out. Um, and they said Ferrari made the call to Enston uh, Well, sorry, Ferrari made the call to Hulkenberg to not drive for Lotus.
1: And and what? Uh, what? Yeah, getting tongue tied. Why do you think? That would be the case
0: <laughs> because Ferrari want to wrap up third place in the championship. Their closest rivals to that, a Lotus. So, do so you why, think would, why would why they would want be the sure. best possible driver yeah. in that car?
1: And do you uh, think that Hulkenberg has agreed to that?
0: A for money or B
1: for potential Ferrari drive down the line in the future?
0: Well, I, I think that that's a flip a coin, isn't it? One or one or t'other. I would probably assume oh, the, oh, the, the, the latter, it, maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, maybe first refusal on Kimi Raikkonen seat if the, that doesn't work out for Ferrari again. And they have to pay him 20 millions not to, not to race for him. <laughs> um, and it was one of those things that, again, I looked at it and just went, wow. If that was true, that would be the most amazingly devious thing to do. But that's such a Ferrari thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It would not surprise me in the slightest. I mean, I don't have any evidence or facts to suggest that is or isn't the case. But if I someone mean, told me this is a hundred percent true, I wouldn't say okay. I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't not
0: believe it. I mean, what's the difference between third and fourth place prize money wise? It's got to be a few million, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Let's let's say it's three million, just for the sake of saying it. Well, if they said okay, you don't drive for Lotus, we wrap up third place, you get a million pounds. Yeah. And and you were already thinking, well, maybe I won't drive for them anyway because they offered me a contract. It's. Um, I think that's very tempting. I'd certainly be tempted.
1: I agree. Whether it's true or not, I suppose we'll probably never know for certain, but no. it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think a man that we probably need to mention in this entire Lotus charade <laughs> is poor, poor David Valsecki.
0: <laughs> oh, David Valsecki, who, who must have had the worst hump day ever as Wednesday, he opened up his paper on Wednesday morning and suddenly all the headlines were all, and Heike Kovalainen is taking the seat that you've been keeping warm all, all season in the, in the testing.
1: It really begs the question, is what is the point in the, the reserve driver because every time someone gets injured, the team just goes and either picks someone from a lower-down team that's been driving every week or bring in an, an retired older guy. Like, the, the the young boys that are these so-called reserve drivers never seem to get an opportunity. So what the fuck's the point, other than doing a bit of testing now and again on a Friday?
0: Uh, I don't get it. I, I'm totally with you on that one. I, it just seems, it seems pointless to have all of these young drivers hanging about waiting for their seat, and then when <laughs> there actually is a blasted seat, not give it to them.
1: They could be racing in anywhere else, and getting proper wheel-to-wheel combat miles under their belt. Instead, Valsecki's just sitting in the Lotus garage with a big fucking grumpy look on his face. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I would have put Valsecki in the car and let him see what he can do, and who knows, he might have went out there and scored a podium, and then they might have been like, Oh, well, maybe we should put this guy in the car next year I just, I mean I love Heike absolutely love him to death but we know what Heike Kovalainen can do let's see what he can do and you know I know Lotus are trying for the third place in the constructors but is there really going to be that much of a difference between Valseki and Kovalainen
0: <laughs> We've talked about who's not gone into the Lotus because they still haven't, that's the one team that really haven't decided yep. on on who they're gonna get in.
1: Varsecki um, isn't driving the last two races. We know that. Schumacher isn't driving the last two races. Hulkenberg isn't driving the last two races. That only left one the one man utility machine, Heike Kovalainen. Super sub
0: I mean I'm I'm so pleased for Hikey. Um genuinely one of my favourite, you know, other drivers that I'd always wanted to, to have, you know, to do to see do well um i'm really glad that some you know they've kind of recognized that he's out there viable um and ready to get into the car um what about nick heidfeld
1: <laughs> i think uh as, as much as i love heidfeld i think his time is probably passed.
0: and I, d- I don't think he's on speaking terms with eric boulier either
1: no no i, I certainly don't uh I think, I think now Nick Heidfeld's F1 career is probably dead and buried. So I'm going to have to take all my Nick Heidfeld love and support and transfer it into line Kovalainen, who, let's face it, is pretty much Nick Heidfeld at this <laughs> stage. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,
0: if you're, if you're listening, Heike, you need to grow a beard. We, we can't really support you unless you grow a nice beard.
1: It's true. <laughs> so, yeah, happy for hikey. Disappointing for Valsecchi, mainly from a fucking as a formula one I want to see what Valsecchi can do because he's just been sitting. He won the GP2 championship convincingly last season, and then has done bugger all this season. Now we to see what he could do. I feel, I feel we've been robbed. That's, like I say, as much as I love Hike, I feel like we've been robbed of a little interesting dynamic to the to the last couple of Grand Prix.
0: Yeah, it does. It does rather feel that way, and. Um... Do we are we any closer to knowing whether Quantum have invested in Lotus yet? Is that deal still waiting That's to be done, or has it been done?
1: Idea. I've seen nothing that suggests that it has been
0: done. I mean, they got pretty chatty about everything, didn't they? About who they wanted and who they, whether they cared about Kimmy being in the car. But again, it still doesn't feel like the funds have arrived. And every every day that the funds don't arrive just makes uh, pastel Mado. Pastor Maldonado's PDVSA or whatever the fuck the name of the company is there millions of dollars that he brings with him wherever he goes just that more tempting. So Do I we might... think that, um,
1: Sergio Perez has a chance in the Lotus next year perhaps maybe.
0: I don't well he's got Mexican money behind him isn't he? Um mm, I... I always want to call him Slim Jim. Um but that's more of a Macho Man Randy Savage reference. Um, Slim Garcia, isn't it, is the... Yeah, Carlos
1: Is not Carlos Slim or something
0: like that. Answers on a postcard, people. Who is the name <laughs> of the person who sponsors Jacko? Um, I, I guess... I, I don't know how much that money is, um, comparatively. Uh, Lotus seem to need a lot of money. Um, and that would then make you think that if they can get somebody who's bringing in a lot of money and has some experience as opposed to somebody who has... Maybe the same amount of experience, but less money is going to be less attractive to them, as rubbish as a reason that is. But
1: I think Perez would do a good job in the Lotus.
0: I think because, so. I, I don't think he's done a bad job in the McLaren, and he certainly did no, a good yeah, job in the Salva. Yeah, so, good.
1: and you know, I think Lotus is a good sort of almost stepping stone, so to speak. If he's going to go up to that upper echelon of, of world champions, which I'm not saying he will do, but if he, if he, if he is, Lotus might be a good place to. To do a bit of a Grosjean, you know, have have a good ten to fifteen podiums under his belt and then move on up to the to winning regular races. He could possibly uh, thrive with each other. But I don't know, all the all the thoughts were on Hulkenberg and Maldonado, so this Perez becoming available thing is kind of throwing a little bit of a curveball.
0: If you um if you had to choose between Perez and Hulkenberg, which one would you choose?
1: That's a very difficult decision. Um, if I was the Lotus team, I would probably... I'm a big, big Halkenberg fan. Purely on driving talent, I would probably take Halkenberg. But I'll, that's taking nothing away from Perez, I just think. I'm just a big Halkenberg guy. Well, about yourself? What would you do?
0: Uh, it's a real tough one. Um, I definitely... I rate Sergio Perez. I don't think you do what he did in the Sauber out of luck. Um, it takes. It's got to take some amount of skill. He's got to have something in him. But Hulkenberg just seems bloody quick. Mm-hmm. Um, all the time, even in you know when even when the car's not performing, he seems to just be quick.
1: And the, and he's German, so he's naturally going to be brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, he is uh, like he is likable though, which you know it's very different than the most of the German drivers on the.
1: When I watch halkenberg I just I get the feeling I don't know what it is about him. Whether it's his style, like you say, he just looks very quick. The car just looks hooked up, and it ju- it just looks to me as if I'm thinking when I watch him. I think yeah, stick him in a top car and he's he's going to win some races. Like he just he just has that feeling about him. It's difficult to sort of pinpoint.
0: You know the other thing that I like about him is that when you hear him on the radio, um, he always seems het up like the races really fucking matter to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't really heard that from Sergio on the radio. Um, When Sergio comes on the radio, it always seems like he's almost grimacing behind the wheel because he's having to focus so hard. Whereas you've got Hulkenberg, who's willing to spend two or three laps arguing about whether he deserves a penalty or not as he's a race engineer, furiously tries to get him to focus on the race.
1: I do Um, love that for Hulkenberg. It's like you know, before something's even gone to the stewards or that, as soon as something happens, he's on the real, that, that was an accident or that wasn't my fault, you, you clipped me. Like, he, he's quite race-craftily aware, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, he uh, he understands his, uh, his surroundings. I think it comes natural to him, the race-craft element, which I feel like Perez, well, he's very good at uh, maybe nursing his tires and having a bit of having a bit of a a different strategy. I'm not sure in wheel-to-wheel combat and racecraft, he's as strong as Hulkenberg, who I think well has, has a bit more ability. And Perez has se- seemed to be in a bit erratic at times. That's not taking anything away from him because he's young, and you know half the field has has made silly mistakes and overtaken. But even even Vettel when he was first starting his career. But uh, yeah, I just I just. Like I say, I'm a Hulkenberg guy, and I think he just comes across as a natural racer to me.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I think that that in the end just makes it um, it feels the right decision, wouldn't it? If they if they took on Hulkenberg after all um, of
1: the thing, rumors and hassle, is it going to be Master Hulkenberg, or is it going to be Maldonado Hulkenberg, or now Perez is in the mix? It's like, yeah, Hulkenberg, just give it to fucking Hulkenberg already. Like, yeah, he deserves it. I, because let's okay, let's hypothetically say that Maldonado. Worst case scenario here is Maldonado ends up in the Lotus. Massa's in the Williams. Maldonado's in the Lotus. Where does that then leave Perez, Duresta, Satil and Hulkenberg? Because there's only Cyber and Force India left, and we know that Gutierrez is going to be in a cyber, don't we? Has that been confirmed?
0: I don't think it has yet. Uh, I don't think it has. Uh, at the moment, well, let's. This was going to be my next sort of thing. Now we know a lot more about what the grid is going to be like next season, shall we let, let's look at what seats are taken? So, Red Bull, both seats are taken, Vettel and uh, Ricardo.
1: Yep.
0: Mercedes, both seats taken, Hamilton, Rosberg. Ferrari, both seats taken, Alonso and Raikkonen. Yep. Um, Lotus. Grosjean, plus one. McLaren, both seats taken. Force India, yet to be decided. Um, Sauber um, have all but confirmed uh, Sergei Sorotkin as one drive, so that's plus one.
1: I know I know, I know, know. she said that, but since she said that he was going to be in the car if he got his super licence, there hasn't been really anything that suggests to me that that deal is done. So I wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he wasn't in the car next year.
0: OK, well, let, let's say he is just for the sake of argument of just saying that, that's, that there can. is only one spare seat at Sauber.
1: If I was going to go on a hunch, though, I think Perez has a better chance of being in a Sauber than the Russian. Both bring money. Perez has the experience and it's his old team. That would just be my hunch. Okay, so who's um, after, and who's after Cyber Williams, Massa, and Bottas. and Bottas?
0: That's been that's been sorted. And then there's just Toro Rosso, Rosso, who have who have signed Danny Fiat. We've finally learnt how to produce, pronounce his name. <laughs> is, is
1: that how it is? Yeah, I yeah. It's didn't... not it's
0: not Kvyat or anything like that. It's Fiat, apparently. So there's just a silent
1: K. Okay.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, what well, is a silent K that's pronounced as an F? I think.
1: <laughs> and Caterham have. Well, um, Caterham
0: haven't haven't decided, <laughs> and and neither have Marussia. Uh, um So, really, if we exclude the final four teams as being ones that probably are not going to take on up the field drivers, and they're likely to be looking for rookies with money generally. Yep, that's four seats maximum. Four seats maximum available. Both if we... at
1: Sauber and Force
0: India. So we've got two at um, two at Force India, one at Sauber, and one at Lotus.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. I forgot about Lotus, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Lotus, Sauber, two Force India, and like I said, I have a hunch that Sauber might also have a second seat available, but for purposes of discussion, we'll say they have one. Uh, so that leaves who looking for four seats? Deresta, Perez, Satil... Hulkenberg, Maldonado, five. Am I forgetting anybody?
0: Um, I don't... Not of, Perez, the, not of the current crop, is it? Or did you include Perez?
1: Perez, Hulkenberg, Chetel, Derefta,
0: Maldonado. Yeah, that's five. So that's a minimum of five drivers, minimum. Assuming with a
1: maximum of four seats available, so at least somebody out of those is missing out. At least one of those guys, won't, barring a move to the very bottom of the grid, will miss out on a drive next year. God, I hope it's Maldonado. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um...
1: Hulk to Lotus, Perez to Sauber, force India to retain their two drivers. That would be. be That would be make me content.
0: Yes. Um, although the rumours have been quite quite strong that Hulkenberg is lined up for Force India. And I was hoping that that would be derester and Hulkenberg. Um, it
1: just seems so strange for Hulkenberg to go Force India, Cyber, Force India. Like It's a weird career trajectory. I don't feel he's moving up the grid. He's just staying at the same level.
0: Then again, if he's got a uh, driver at Ferrari lined up for 2015.
1: Yeah, I suppose they could have easily golden handshake and said, I'll tell you what, go in the Force India, score some points, put in some selli Grand Prix, and we'll put you in the car next year. In
0: 2015, when Alonso buggers off to McLaren, you can come out of the Ferrari drive next to Kimi.
1: Or Kimi might bugger off into the sunset. We don't quite know what will happen there. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll have a seat for you in 2015, one way or the other. <laughs>
1: they might both. They might. I'll get this. They might both leave, and they go for a German-Italian super force: Vettel and Hulkenberg in the Ferraris.
0: Wow, that would be quite a. That would be an amazing team.
1: That would be tasty. That would be awesome. As a Ferrari fan and a big fan of German culture and people and the place, that would be my probably my absolute ideal scenario.
0: <laughs> wow, Vettel, Hulkenberg, twenty fifteen,
1: the Ferrari, mm. Magnussen, Magnussen and Fernando in the McLaren, button into Red Bull. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Or Fernando to Red Bull. Dun, dun, dun. Straight swap. Ferrari and Red Bull.
0: No, Lewis to Red Bull.
1: Well, who knows what the Mercedes might do. Lewis might be the world champion in a Mercedes.
0: <laughs> Moving to Red Bull. Because he's won his world championship at Mercedes. Doesn't need to stick in the team for another one. Off he goes to Red Bull. Driving a new car. Ooh,
1: 2015 could be tasty indeed. We thought this year was going to be good. But, you know, who says Formula One's boring, eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, who says this, who says there's nothing to discuss in Formula One these days? Blimey. We don't need to
1: watch the Grand Prix,
0: we just need to see
1: who's driving for who every season. <laughs>
0: well this is ridiculous. We're not even we're not even just talking about next year's drivers, it's the year after next drivers.
1: Especially with like Honda coming back into the McLaren and stuff, they're gonna be looking to really, really push on. Definitely could be some some interesting uh little little caveats there. Don't you mean Fiat?
0: <laughs> uh, that,
1: that, 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 that's a good point. I
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, no, caveat, no caveats in Formula 1, just a Fiat.
1: I feel like it's only fair that we uh, mention the bottom two teams then. Marussia Caterham, does anybody do you have any inkling on who might drive in those cars? Or is it just a complete lottery as to who turns up with the most money in their wallet on one specific day? Well...
0: I think Bianchi has been fairly tipped to stay at Marussia, generally. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, obviously, he's technically another candidate for a better drive, so that that could be six drivers for four seats.
1: And we didn't even mention Purgitieres
0: at Silver. Oh uh, yes, we didn't, did we? Um, Sadly, I don't think. I I think his his turn up in form has come slightly too late for to save his season. But um, I, I guess if Bianchi moved up the up the grid, there would be a space for maybe. Gutierrez to to drop down to one of the other teams.
1: I think, like I said to you, I know I don't think the Russians are going to end up in the Sauber, and I, I think they're going to I think they're going to go for the Mexican the Mexican alliance at Sauber with um, Carlos Slim funding everything basically with Gutierrez and Perez. That, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It
0: could be could be very interesting actually. With I the mean, I mean, the Mexican Grand Prix is off as far as we're aware next next year, but. Um, I guess it could still make it on. In which case, it could be quite a uh, a good season to have, you know, um, to have two Mexicans in the car for the f- you know the first Mexican Grand Prix. Again, like you say, lots of money for a team that you know traditionally not got the biggest budget in F one. Hmm, that is a very interesting thought. Um, but we were talking about Marussia and Caterham, so let's assume that Jules Banke stays at Marussia because um, he's. Clearly a great driver And they want to keep him and, Um, s- I think they've got Ferrari engines Haven't they come in Or they have got Ferrari engines One or the other Yeah that's, um,
1: that's definitely true I think I think they are getting friends Yeah I think I agree with you I think Bianchi will stay at Marussia. I think he's outperformed Chilton considerably uh, this season And another good solid season like that Under his belt next year Just getting valuable race time He's still young and then he'll move up the following season to a better team. That's my that's my theory for Bianchi.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that's too far away from what could probably happen. Uh, Max Chilton's been very vocal about saying that he he's confident that he's got a race for next season. So let's assume that he stays at Mauritius. Um, which leaves the two Caterham drives. Um, I think Caterham will be mad if they drop both their drivers. Um, and I think the driver that's shown the most promise and the ability to you know really do stuff with the guy has been um, Guido van der Garde. um
1: I agree I would keep van der Garde. I think Pete's had two seasons
0: in, and done fuck all with him
1: the, low, the lower team like I was saying about Bianchi he's outperformed his teammate this year another solid season next year of considerably outperforming your teammate and you're ready to move up Pete's not done that at all he's had his two years hasn't shown anything Time to move on.
0: I think so. Um I, I,
1: I don't, I, no, I genuinely I don't I couldn't even tell you what Charles Peak looks like. I don't think I've ever seen an interview with him. That's probably my bad because I don't necessarily watch an awful lot of the post match stuff post race stuff because you know, usually I'm watching football as well on a Sunday and as soon as the race finishes I put football on and stuff like that, but I, I, I just don't know anything about Peak other than he's been very, very blur. And he's French, and he's French. So, <laughs> I'll tell you who isn't French. Roman Grosjean is definitely not French. <laughs> it's def-
0: <laughs> definitely Swiss, apparently. Born um, in
1: Geneva to uh, the Swiss par- Is it not Geneva? Um, was it Geneva? I can't remember. But born in Switzerland to Swiss parents <laughs> with not. a Swiss passport.
0: <laughs> Anywho, a- and frankly, not a necessarily French name. <laughs> Um,
1: but yes, Pete to me I, I like Van der Garde. I've said it a couple of times the last few shows I think Van der Garde has improved as the season has gone on He was a rookie, he was erratic at the start but He's definitely improved Admittedly he's put it in the wall A couple of times in the last couple of races But yeah Keep Van Garde, a bit of consistency And hey, who knows Bring back Heike Govalainen.
0: What What's going to happen to these two Teams We've been waiting and waiting for, is it five seasons now? Or four seasons?
1: I, I couldn't tell you exactly because I'm not great with dates and stuff like that. But, but it's been a number of years and they still haven't scored a point as the, the the synopsis. Still, I don't think any of them have ever scored a point, have they?
0: I I think you're right there.
1: I mean, even Mark Webber dragged his Minardi to a couple of points in Australia and such like,
0: I mean... Well, we were all told, weren't we, that the first couple of seasons would be really difficult um, and it would take some time to catch up. But then they'd start making up the ground. But every year, they're two seconds off off the pace all the time. And Max Chilton's been three seconds off the pace in most, most of the sessions. And you just think, well, what is it that you guys need? Is it that you don't have access to the testing, you know, equipment stuff that you don't have wind tunnels and all the other bits and pieces is it that you don't have decent designers and stuff like that that you're having to bring through people and you know train them up to be F1 engineers and designers and and what have you um, is it that you can't get the best drivers what is it that's really stopping these teams from moving forward because I think there's things that the FIA could do to you know if the team says this is our budget compared to X um that's an, you know that means that these top teams all have an unfair advantage what we should be able to do is have more testing or um, have access to a top team's testing facility for x days or, or something along those lines something that allows them you know to break the handicap of being a small poor team. Even,
1: even if they give it to whoever finished bottom in the championship or something like that. You know as, you know how in the NFL they do the draft and whoever finishes bottom of the league in the previous year, they gets the first pick in the draft to pick the best player that's coming through the system. So whoever yeah. finishes bottom in the championship should maybe get 10 days of testing and next up gets 9 days and next up gets 8 days or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that could work. It just seems like... You're right, they're not, I don't, I can't see a day when they're going to be on par with your Force India's, your Cybers and your Williamses and your Toro Rosso's. It just, for every two steps that they take forward, uh, the two or three teams directly above the Championship take two or three steps forward as well and it's just constant and it doesn't seem like changing anytime soon.
0: I mean, it's almost like the FA have looked at Red Bull and gone, well oh, look, it's entirely possible to take a backmarking team. And take them to winning championships. And it's like, well, yeah, it fucking is if you've got a multi billion dollar energy firm behind you. Hello, TNA. Um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> wrestling reference, everybody. Um, yeah, if you've got a multi billion dollar drinks firm. Propping you up and paying all your bills, and saying, "Yeah, no, that's fine. We'll we'll pay for the best designer in the whole of Formula One, and we'll pay for the best, you know, we'll pay for the best drivers that we can get in, and we'll 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 in fact fund an entire second team so that we can, you know, try things out in the second team and try drivers out in the second team, so you don't have to risk, you know, drivers coming into your car fresh and all the other bits and pieces." Then, yeah, it's possible to do it, but you know, Mike Gascoigne and Tony Fernandez at Caterham can't do that they can't say oh that's fine we can just we can just chuck 20 million solely for development or whatever 20 million might represent their whole entire bloody budget for the for the season it's you know yeah you're right I quite
1: like the idea that I just came up with on the fly there about giving them maybe more think,
0: testing down the bottom or something like that I mean, well I think you need to do something like that whether it's position based or whether you say everybody submits their budget for the year for everything and for each day of testing you drop, you can increase your budget by X. The, t- the problem with that is teams are always going to fiddle the figures
1: and stuff, aren't they? Like you know, you know, Christian Horner's got a finance guy being like, hide the wind tunnel money, hide it, just put it somewhere. <laughs> like that, just I don't, I, I, I don't trust team principals at McLaren, Ferrari, Red Bull. Well, <laughs> to 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 be honest, I mean, Formula should... One has a past of of dishonesty. It's always been in the sport, and it's not necessarily an awful thing. But I just I just can't see the teams being upfront with with that kind of
0: thing. I don't I don't think it would work. Should all F1 teams put money into a pot that pays for an FIA chosen auditor to be with the team all season? And they must have access to all financial documents. Um, be able to travel with the team, have their their travel paid for, all the other bits and pieces by I the mean, teams. And they they don't get the same one year after year. So you get one for a year, and then next year you'll have a different, you know, FIA auditor that does all of the bits and pieces. But they stay with the team and follow the team around. And
1: wouldn't be an awful thing, but I can't see anybody agreeing to it. Teams or the FIA? Just I just don't think they care enough about about following procedures and stuff like that. I don't. It, it, it suits it suits all the top teams the way it is now, and they're not going to go out their way to to essentially help competition, are they? That's a problem. Nothing's going to get done because on one hand you've got one team being like, oh, it's not fair, we need help, and then the other, it's like fucking politics. The other hand is, oh, no, we're making too much money and being too successful with that, why should we help you? And, unfortunately, the guys on the right are going to be selfish and and stay, and put their own interests before the needs of others, and, and the fan who would love to see little Caterum score a few points on a regular basis
0: is is not going to get to see that. Could, could you assign a lower team to a top team. Like uh, a budget
1: system or something.
0: <laughs> a mentor. Yeah, kind of. So you say um, Rebel have Toro Rosso. So you there's kind of already there's... get that, though.
1: I mean, I know it's not official, but I mean, like Sauber for the last 10 years, admittedly uh, not in the BMW phase, but whenever they've been purely owned by Peter Sauber, they've always been a little mini Ferrari. They've always had Ferrari engines and gearboxes and stuff like that. And then you've got Bianchi and Marussia, clearly. A little Ferrari connection going on there with the Ferrari engines and stuff, so you do kind of get that anyway.
0: And there was certainly at some point there was a deal with um, Force India and McLaren were doing some some sharing of bits and pieces, weren't they? Um, when yeah. they were both Mercedes and stuff. Um, as I said, Red Bull have Toro Rosso. You know, could Caterham link up with? Mercedes proper or Lotus or something like that. Surely, surely Lotus would be the obvious one after the the debacle of the last couple of years over the names and stuff. It'd be quite funny to see <laughs> that, that. that. That actually would be very funny. <laughs> um, Lotus but, Caterham Lotus or something stupid like that. <laughs> it just seems to me like there's got to be some way that you can make the work that the top teams do help the lower teams as well. You know, one, you know say... Um, You know, after three races, any new piece of kit put on the car um, would be available to for those teams to see if they can fit it onto their car or something like that. Or maybe not every bit of kit on the car, but say aerodynamics wise, maybe. So, you know, um, Mercedes come up with a, you know, one of those funky draft exhaust system things that they've been Coanda, isn't it? That's it. That's the word I've been searching for for the last five episodes. The Coanda exhaust that everybody thought was the great, amazing thing that was going to be for the next season. Mercedes design one, run it for two races, three races, um, and then that information is made available to Caterham.
1: Would you have, for example, Mercedes and Caterham, and Caterham get to have information on Mercedes, and you would have, like, Marussia and Ferrari. And and the, and the and the smaller team only gets to see information of that one bigger team. Yeah. So the prop see the. So you have like Mercedes are doing really well. You kind of automatically, not necessarily, but almost automatically have. Caterham doing really well.
0: And but it know, depends because if, if you don't, a, a, one, a, an F1 car is a full package, isn't it?
1: But oh, absolutely!
0: If you're absolutely. giving them some bits that may or may not work with their car, you know, you could give them the front wing design. They put it on on the cage room, and because of the way the back end of the car works, or the or their, you know, their side pods are styled. It doesn't give them the same advantage. It's still got to be worked and made for the car. But you give them the benefit of some kind of testing, or, or something. Maybe maybe that's not the greatest idea, but it's just the concept that the bigger teams.
1: I agree. Something something probably should be done.
0: I like. <laughs> Testing's a big
1: one, you know. Is, Testing's test, been testing, such a heated debate costs, in Formula One
0: over the years. Testing costs uh, the team's money, though, as well. I know. And I know. So
1: if so, you said, okay, you can have five days of testing, but if they can only afford to run for two days, what difference does it make? You know, and, I mean, it all comes down to money.
0: Uh, Either that
1: or, or the big thing. I've developed my Formula One social policy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the other thing I think is stupid and they should change is that. Hmm, Excuse me, sorry. That's some um, that's some Hagen-Dazs cooking cooking cream ice cream coming up there. Um, I've not even had dinner yet. <laughs> is your curry not being delivered this week?
1: I'm going out uh, almost immediately as soon as we finish the show. I'm going to, it's my friend's birthday, so I'm going to meet him for some drinks. So I just assumed I would get some food out or something.
0: Uh, okay, well I'll, I'll make sure I keep you on the podcast for the next half an hour and then see you, <laughs> even later. No, um, I think it's stupid that currently that you know the last team in Formula 1 gets fuck all at the end of the season. They race the whole season, put in all of their budget and do all the bits and pieces, and then they get nothing for getting to the end of it. At least if you gave them some money, they could budget with that, and it would give them something to work with the the next season.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, when that rule first came out, I kind of thought, oh, well, they come last. They uh, they deserve to not have any money. But I think I've kind of mellowed in my my view on things and I feel like yeah maybe they should get something I suppose I mean they've put there's guys there are working their ass to the bone so
0: I mean it's got to be you know if those top teams that are winning it and getting first place and, and getting that you know 20 million prize money not that it doesn't mean anything to them because I'm sure they reinvest it in the teams and all the bits and pieces but to Red Bull it's a drop in the ocean eh? it's not it's not going to break their Plans for next season. I mean, Whereas, if you, if you if you gave five million to, um, Marussia or Caterham, you know they'd, they'd probably be able to run for a couple of seasons or what have you. Do you know what I mean? It, if we want these teams to to grow and and have a chance, then the sport should give back to them some way for the effort they're putting in. But at the moment, they're not. They're just getting kicked in the bollocks at the end of the season.
1: I mean, Red Bull—they make so much money off everything. Outside of F1, that you know, 20 million is like a day's sales of fucking drinks or whatever to them, and Dietrich Matric can just, oh yeah, throw some of the petty cash into the F1 team. You know, it's nothing to them. So you're right. It could. It's like football. Football is insane. I, I I work in and obviously in Edinburgh I'm from Edinburgh, and I work right across the road from Harts Stadium, Harts Football Club Stadium. And what I hear is that they need £500,000 immediate cash injection to keep them afloat for the next season. And I think £500,000 that's like a month's wages for the top Premier League footballers. They could single-handedly keep the club afloat and and, and not even notice the difference in income. And, and Formula One's kind of similar like that. The top teams and the golf between the top teams and the low teams is just it's huge. And to be honest, you know, with with the golf and what it is, it's no surprise that they haven't scored any points. I'm I'm surprised they haven't gotten a bit closer to like Toro Rosso or Sauber, but who was honestly expecting these guys to come in and challenge for podiums and race wins? It was just never gonna happen. They were no. they were they were led they were led a, they were led a false fucking they were led a load of bullshit when they when they were told what was gonna happen when they came in and they kinda kinda of, kind of feel sorry for them in a little bit, but I mean they didn't they don't need to stay around, they obviously want
0: to so Well, I mean you think, you know, we had three teams, didn't we? We've lost one. We've been two um, we had. I mean how much you know, how much could a little of prize money at the end of the day help you Excuse me. <laughs> Let me say that again. <laughs> how much could a little prize money have made to HRT I mean god they were shit don't get me wrong and I'm not actually sad to see them go because they were awful They were, but... they
1: were, they were they, I don't know they were annoyingly
0: bad I mean that was the problem with HRT but let's say that they'd been not that far off let's say they'd just been just a little bit slower than the other two teams um, and they hadn't just taken their cars straight to the grid every season with no testing or what have you
1: yeah, that was a mistake. But yeah, they would, they deserve. Even a team that gets finished bottom in the league in the football, that gets a gets something. You know, they deserve. They do deserve something. I think I've changed my mind on that. Admittedly, when it first came out, no, that that's fine. They deserve to not get any prize money over that crap. But I'm coming. I've changed my mind. Yeah, give them something. Give them something to work with. They're, Uh, These days, I'm just a neutral. I'm a a Ferrari fan, but I'm more of a neutral. I just want to see good racing. And if it means the backmarkers provide better racing, then fuck it. Let's give them them a bit of prize money.
0: Excellent. We're nearly done. Uh, One little thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if you've seen the pictures online, uh, was the first sketches of what the new nose is.
1: Oh, yes, I've seen it, and it's fucking awful. I thought this year was bad, and last year was bad. It's even worse. I don't understand, though. Is that that because of a new regulation that's come in?
0: The new regulation is that there is um, a certain height everything has to be, but there is no width regulation. So all the teams are going to do is build the nose as normal and then do a droopy little cock hanging off the front of the nose that meets the the low height regulation for the, the tip of the nose. And it does. It looks like a cock. It looks like a flaccid penis hanging off the front of a Formula it does. Well.
1: I've, seen, I've seen the sketch, as you say. Um, it's, it's,
0: it's, on, it's on our Twitter feed. If, if if you haven't seen it, guys, it's it's on the Twitter feed. Go to uh, at Final Lap Podcast. We've we t- retweeted it from another source. Have a look if you haven't seen it. My
1: initial thought was um, was God. I hope that Autosport, who I believe published the picture. Have gotten that wrong. That was my initial thought. It just um, it will make it will make um, guys tagging at the front corner a bit interesting. Of the cock just flies. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you're rear-ended in a in a Formula One car, you probably literally will be rear-ended in a Formula oh, One fuck, car.
1: Be, the headline writers will have some fun with that. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it is bloody awful.
0: <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the FIA rejected. Um, proposals by the teams for a ruling that would have made the cars more aesthetically pleasing, fuckers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all about racing and let's see the cars go as fast as possible. But I can't deny, I wanna, I wanna see them look pretty as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not listening to the radio or the commentary. I've got to watch it as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's bad enough if the if the racing isn't close. If yet again you're looking at cars that look like Dumbo.
1: Um, So that's uh, that's been the news. I mean, just another quick note. I noticed today that Kimi Raikkonen's surgery has gone well, and he's going to be okay. So that's good news because I don't think there's a Formula One fan alive who doesn't want to see a fully fit Kimi Raikkonen driving a Formula One car. No, I've
0: never
1: met an I've never met an I've met F one fans really hate Vettel I really hate, really hate Alonzo Cantlers Hamilton I don't like Mark Webber but I've never met a guy that turns up and says I hate Kimi and, and it just doesn't happen he's just he's just too lovely
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's too much he's just a good rebel isn't he he's just doesn't <laughs> he doesn't play the game at all in any way shape or form he says well if you want me to drive your fucking car I will but I'm going to do it my way I don't want to do you stupid interviews I'm not going to be happy about doing your interviews So don't pretend alright as long as I drive the car fast pay me oops
1: <laughs> so, yeah, news, we're uh, looking on towards the US Grand Prix this, this weekend, of course. I don't know, depending on when you listen to this out there, guys, we may already have a winner of that Grand Prix, as it stands. Sebastian uh, Vettel. As it stands, the weekend hasn't kicked off just yet. Well, we've had practice, actually, I'm telling a lie. Vettel yes. and also Luke's freaking practice. Well, uh, Sorry, carry
0: on. I was just going to say, yeah, it's o- ominously... We're back to a Rebel 1-2 at the end of second practice, so not looking for a, a different result at the weekend, uh, sadly.
1: Is this the second Grand Prix from Texas? It is, yes. Um, I, I remember really liking the track the first time round. Uh, it so was. It, looked, it was a
0: really good race.
1: It looked very innovative in terms of the track design. Uh, it just looks a bit crazy. doesn't look necessarily like your standard Tilka drone. They have that really high... Did not go right up high and then come right down the hill. Um, til-
0: the, the, the ironic thing is, is that it's, it is another tilt track. There's uh, yeah, a
1: tilt track, yeah, no, no but, but, but just.
0: But what he said when he designed it was, is that he looked at the most classic corners in F1 um, and then sort of repurported them for the thing. So that first corner with the big elevation and the big drop is a rouge, essentially. He's taken the the concept of a Rouge and then put it right at the very start of the race, which I think is bloody brilliant. I think that's a great, great idea. So you don't have that stupid first corner. You just go straight into the hill.
1: It seems like the way F1 tracks should probably be be redesigned. You know, let's take all the best bits from other ones and make new ones. But but it seems like a sound theory. I mean, I've been a critic of Telco in the past because some of these designs have been pish, but yeah, I like this one. It's good. I'm really looking forward to the race, actually, because I'm off all weekend, off work, gonna chill, put the feet up, watch the Grand Prix and hope that uh, Fernando Alonso can bring home the goods.
0: Yeah, we're quite happy to see somebody else win it just in the last couple of races for this season. Um, one bit of news that we can report, um, and again, if you're listening to this after the race, it doesn't probably really matter, but Jensen Button has already managed to get himself a three-place uh, three grid penalty for passing. I must have missed that. What happened, yeah. <laughs> he passed under the red flags in the first session. Uh, first first uh-huh. free practice was um, fogged off for 45 minutes, um, and then the, uh, the air-, air helicopter <laughs> broke down, so they had to get another helicopter in, so they only got 45 minutes worth of running, but under, I think under the red flags, under the fog, Jensen was a bit of a naughty boy, so, don't.
1: Oh well, <laughs> that's not <laughs> going to d- get McLaren that podium anyway, that they're trying <laughs> to get.
0: So. Doesn't seem like it, no. So, should,
1: uh, I- should race though, like I say, last year's track uh, proved, uh, that I, I think this is this, this could be a keeper in terms of the new track. These new tracks seem to come on, and as soon as they've had two Grand Prixs, there's speculation about whether they're going to bloody continue or not. There's no consistency, but I like this one. I think it's a keeper.
0: It should be. It should be, in my opinion. It's um... If
1: it's funded properly, because you know what it's like over in the States. Uh, funding can be an issue. So, Bernie, if, if, if there's no funding, Bernie will just fucking bolt. So,
0: <laughs> Sadly...
1: Um... I like the track, and I'm looking forward to the Grand Prix. I have to say, I can't, I can't possibly predict anything other than a Sebastian Vettel pole position and race win, unfortunately.
0: No, I'm uh, I'm afraid I have to. I have to say I'm with you on that one. Um, I, but I watched the darts, and Phil
1: Taylor hammered a boy the other night who played the best darts he's played in forever and Still lost by five legs, <laughs> and that's a bit like Vettel at the moment. It Fernando is. Alonso and Lewis are turning up and driving as best as they've been driving all year, and Vettel's still 15 20 seconds down the road. He's just got that much in hand that it's just it's, it's you can't beat it, even if you turn up and play your best. You can't beat it like you, <laughs> in any other sport. If you turn up and play your best, you probably win, but you, you can turn up and play your absolute drive of your life and still not catch Vettel, and that's the way it's sort of been this season, and that's the way I see it going next year uh, in this race,
0: sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, buddy, I think. Um, I, yeah. still,
1: I still wouldn't be at all surprised, I might have last time right? but I wouldn't be at all surprised for Mark Webber to get a token victory before he flies off into the sunset. So, if Vettel and Webber are in the front row again this weekend, wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Webber Weber gets the win. If Vettel, don't say. I won't say. Lets him have the win, but perhaps isn't as well. Determined to get the win, let's, it would have been a championship that wasn't already wrapped up.
0: Let's let's put it this way. After everything of two seasons ago, I doubt I doubt Seb is going to let uh, Mark pass him at Interlagos. Do you?
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love, um, I'd love, uh, love Ellen Weber to take each other off at the first corner, for, for no reason whatsoever, just pure
0: insanity.
1: And then, yeah,
0: I'd love it. Yeah, Weber just crashes into Vettel in the first thing. It just gets out of the car, gives him, gives him the two middle fingers, and walks off. It'd just be, that would be hilarious.
1: <laughs> jumps in a horse and goes and disappears into the sunset.
0: Genius. <laughs> so, on that beautiful mental image, um, I think we should probably bring the show to a close. As I've stated before, we are a little two-man amateur podcast. Any help that you can do for us in terms of retweeting our episodes, posting them on Facebook, sharing them on Facebook, any other social media you can, we'd love it. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, We we do this because we love the sport and because we we hope that you like listening to us. So if you do, share us out to all your friends. If you know anybody who likes F1, just give them a URL. Send it in an email. Send it by carrier pigeon. We don't really care. Just... uh, help us get our garbled silly message out there into the into the stratosphere into the tubes of the internet um, and we'd be very much appreciative and as always if you feel like you've got an opinion that we're not addressing or that you'd like to you know have a right of reply on anything we've talked about let us know drop us a come on the show,
1: come on the show. we always uh, up for new guests we've had a couple of guests on so far this uh, season come on and and tell us tell us what you think Tell us why the Caterham and the Mauritius don't deserve any money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to have you on. So, you know, drop us a drop us a DM on Twitter or uh, message us on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We've been The Final Lap Podcast. You catch us at Final Lap Podcast on Twitter, The Final Lap Podcast on Facebook. Um, I don't think we're anywhere else, are we? Oh, yeah, we're on iTunes. Remember, we are on iTunes. Find us, search for The Final Lap Podcast uh, and subscribe to us via iTunes. You can get all of the latest uh, episodes drop straight into your iTunes inbox. Um, I'm Andrew Pearson. My colleague's been Sean Gray. So thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: Cheerio. Bye.